um, we, we started talking about the, uh, the Holy Spirit, knowing the Holy Spirit a few weeks ago. And uh, I took a bit of um, pause last week because it was Easter and tried to help us understand the significance of the resurrection of Christ. So we, we continue today on the journey of knowing the Holy Spirit. And today I'll be looking at the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth. So what I'm trying to say here is that the Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth. But while I was meditating on today's um, message, uh, something came, uh, something stood out, stood out to me that, you know, what? before I talk about the Holy Spirit as a spirit of truth, I also need to help people understand um, what truth means and, they, and also expose some lies, uh, some sources of lies that put us in bondage. Can I start by saying that lie, lie puts people in bondage. Lie Lying or lie, lies, puts people in bondage. So let's start by contrasting a lie from something that is true. So lie and true. Now, uh, I called I called the sermon just to remind us the spirit of truth. So our focus there is, is the truth and the spirit, the Holy Spirit as a spirit of truth. It does not lie, right? The Holy Spirit does not lie. Um, but for us to understand to a very much extent what... Um, the ministry of the Holy Spirit when it comes to ministering the truth to us and telling us the truth about our identity in Christ Jesus, about um, about the gospel, even about people. Uh, it's important that we are able to, you know, differentiate between a lie and a truth. Is that how to put it? A lie and... Uh, is it a truth or truth? How do I put it now? What, okay, a lie and the truth. Good. A lie and the truth. I have English teachers in class today. Fantastic. So, what is truth? What is truth? So, truth can be defined as a quality or state of being true. So, if something is in a state of truth, if something is true, we say it is truth. Right? If something is true, we say it's the truth. Or if an information is true, we say that's the truth. If a fact is true, we say that's the truth. And so what does, what does true mean? It means something accurate, exact, no variation, exact, accurate. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, so uh, we, can, we can also call the truth the reality. So when, something, when we say something is true, we're saying, we're saying this is the real stuff. When we say, something, when we say this is the truth, we're saying this is the reality. This is how this thing actually exists. Right? This is how this thing actually exists. Or the state of things as they actually exist. So uh, the dictionary defines reality as the state of things as they actually exist. I'm going somewhere. Now I said in, my, in the message description that truth, uh, sorry, lies put people in bondage. So let me quickly verify that. Let's go to John chapter 8, verse 32. John 8, 32. Amen. And I will read from the New King James Version. John 8, 32. And this is, this was Jesus speaking. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make 
you free. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. What did we, how did we define truth? The quality or state of being true. So Jesus is saying to you that if you know the truth, if you know things, if you know the real stuff, if you know things as, if you know the reality of things, if you know things as they truly are, you will walk in freedom. So knowing the truth is different from hearing the truth or paying um, mental accent to the truth. Because people may hear the truth, but that doesn't mean they know the truth. Because when you know the truth, now taking it further a little bit, when you have a revelation understanding of the truth regarding any situation, either spiritually or in your physical life, when you know the truth, it will be difficult for you not to follow or to practice the truth. Because when you know that if you practice something evil, if you do something negative, and you can see the consequence, the significant consequence, you know, how the devastating consequences of that act, particular action, if you can see it, which is also part of knowing the truth about the situation, if you can see it, if you see it, if you then follow through or act on it, then it means that... Um, Whatever you suffer is of your own choice. You choose to suffer the consequences of those things. But what I want to say to you is this. <clears throat> Majority of us do not know the truth about certain things in our lives or what is going on around us. We do not know. I'll give you an example, especially for young people. You know, when your friend is saying to you that you can smoke cigarettes, or you can follow them to a party, you know, without your parents knowing. Now, if you understand, and this is not disrespect to smokers, well, the, the packet of cigarettes says that smokers are liable to die young, right? And they're likely to have, you know, um, lung issues, lung can uh, cancer of the lungs. So there are consequences for smoking cigarettes. I know it's a multi-billion dollar industry in the world, right? So you, it's not an industry that will go bust in a sense because... The government are also taxing them and making money out of it. So that's the truth, right? So that's certain things you know that are not good for the health of humanity, which the government allow in certain society or certain country is because the government is getting some benefit from it. Now, so marijuana has been um, not legalized in some countries, but um, I was because of the issues in the mind and the brain of people, people are falling. A lot of issues. People use those um, use marijuana to self medicate. So uh, to self medicate regarding their depression, whatever they're going through, right? And because there's a lot of people in the world who have these mental or emotional related health issues or emotional, uh, mental or health issues in those in that kind of area. Right, so it seems like it's going to make a lot of money, and government because they're going to make a lot of money from it, they will legalize it. Right. So the fact that if your friend asks you to smoke marijuana, smoke cigarette or follow them to a, to a party or to go do something in their house. Right. It does not mean you should follow them. Now, if you know that the more the day you start smoking marijuana, that day you get yourself on the on a path of addiction, on a path of dependence of um, on marijuana 
mental health issues and stuff like that. If you can see it and you know what it really looks like, when you know how it will affect your brain, how it will affect your relationship with people, how it will affect the soundness of your mind, if you know, if you can see it, if you know the consequences and you follow through, you act on it, it means it's your choice. But I'll tell you something, majority do not always know how far an act of sin will take them before they start the journey. I repeat, majority don't know the truth about some enticement, some seduction, right? When they have been enticed, when they have been invited to, you know, to participate in it, majority don't know. Now, if David knew, King David in the Bible, if he knew that sleeping with another man's wife will affect generations after him, I'm sure as a guy who has some common sense, he would not have practiced it. So when we don't know the truth about things, so when we know partial truth about things, so um, when I say partial truth, I'm talking about maybe a, a momentary pleasure that you will, or momentary advantage you will gain from something. When that is all that is painted to us as the entire picture and we do not see or know the bitter side of whatever whatever we're enticed to with, right? we go into it. And that's why I said, Majority who are in one problem or the other today are not into it because of their choice in a sense. And I'm not trying to condone sin or give people excuse for the wrongs they they are doing. What I'm trying to say is that if people truly, really, really see and understand the consequence, if they can see the entire picture, that going to commit adultery, going to going for a party with some boys and girls or something somewhere, somewhere dodgy and stuff like that, if they knew the aftermath, if they knew the deadly consequences of those things, people most likely will not do it. No matter how much the emotions drive them. Can I make this a, bit, a little bit to help you a little bit? Now, okay, I know I have kids in the service today, but let me, let me, I'll, I'll try to, you know, make it safe, you know, um, PG. Now, if a young boy wants to have sex with a girl, right, and he, he thinks, oh, this is it, man, you know, this is the height, this is the, be- and this is how the world will paint it to you, that this is the, you know, or the girl may be enticing you to have, um, that this is one moment of your life you don't want to miss. This is the best of the best. And as before they do that nonsense, and then the guy boy hears that the lady has um, uh, a spray, or maybe the lady is is a demonic girl or has something that will kill the boy. I don't want to call a few... um, STDs because I don't want it to sound like I'm stigmatizing people who have that because some people do some people have those uh, some STDs not because of se- uh, um, not through sexually transmitted disease kind of stuff yeah but if the if the boy should hear that there's a particular baby disease in the girl that has no remedy has no cure spiritual or physical and after that act that's the end of his life. Now, what I'm trying to paint, I'm trying to paint the big picture. So imagine a boy who's thinking, oh, well, this is the best moment of my life. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But before he carries out the act, then realize that they were had or by information from someone saying, you know what, this is the last, this, if you go through, this is going to be your last day on earth because this person, this person, this person, this person, this person, this person died 
after they had a sexual relation with this girl. Do you think he will go ahead? A guy in his right head. So when he sees death and when he sees to a very much extent, right? It was like, no, nah, I'm not going through. So what I'm trying to say is this. The world will paint lies and illusion to us, but the world will never show you the adverse consequences of the thing that you, something in your heart tells you is not right to do. And many people are in a bondage today that they can't come out of. Amen. I'm still trying to uh, do my introductions to this um, topic. So many people are in bondage. Many people go into a kind of a um, captivity because they do not know the truth. Jesus said, he said, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free. Though Jesus was talking about um, truth, uh, truth, this is more kind of spiritual side of things, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, as a pastor, I'm trying to cover the spiritual side of our life and the physical life side of our life. Because many times we tend to focus so much on the spiritual side and we don't pay attention, considerable attention to what's going on in our physical life, in, a, in our immediate environment, right? Uh, because Jesus said there, if, verse 31 said, if you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So he was talking about his word. We get into his word maybe probably next week. But here I want us to, I want, I want to start with where we are, you know, where we are right now our, on our physical world. Then we take it further into the spiritual world. Amen. Now, so I've tried to define what true is, what what true means, what truth is, what reality is, right? And um, a few things I thought I should expose us about the sources of the lies that we believe in our world today. Now, uh, when I was looking at the definition, the dictionary definition of truth, it says something accepted as the truth. Something accepted as the truth it a fact or belief that is accepted as true okay let me let me rephrase that so one one of the dictionary definition of a truth of truth is a fact or belief that is accepted as true a fact or belief that is accepted as true let me say this to you the fact that something is accepted as truth does not mean it is true Anybody can make anything the truth to them. I'm speaking to believers this morning. Anybody in the world can make anything their truth. So the question is, who's, who is the source or the authority of what you believe regarding any situation or circumstance in your life? Do you believe this, the word of the man of God or do you believe the word of God himself? Or do you believe what Google tells you? Can I help us a little bit here? Many of the things you see on Google are not correct. Somebody created a website and they put an information there based on their perspective or based on their own agenda and it's on the internet for you to read, to you to access. How people push out their propaganda, their lies and deception is to a very much extent through the internet that's one of the sources. I won't be able to go into other sources. Social media or oh, social media is also on the internet. So people, they, people have motives, agenda. People are self-centered. People are selfish. People, to a very much extent, I'm not saying all people, but majority of people, you know, we live in a fallen world. So they subscribe to the lies and deception of the enemy. So thinking you will get the true picture or the full picture of any situation in your life on the internet 
is to be wrong, is to be thinking incorrectly. There are people who have gone on the internet to, <laughs> to get medical advice that did not work. <laughs> I have examples, right? I'm such a person that if I have some health challenges, some, you know, to a very much extent, most of the time, I lean on my spirit to the Holy Spirit to help me to like detect what it is. And it's not that I've not found a few things on the internet sometimes, right? But I can, when I see some things on the internet, I, I check, I read it with my spirit. It's talking about the spirit of truth. We're going to get there. I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself a little bit. I tend to read it with my spirit and the Holy Spirit can tell me that that thing is not true. That's not correct. Then I look elsewhere. I'll give an example. So, uh, Clubhouse is, is um, I, kind of, I don't know how to define it. It's a kind of um, social media audio, uh, yeah, audio app. So, that's the way to, to, to describe it. And, this, and Clubhouse was, you know, you know when, it was when the application was launched, a lot of people were getting on it. And um, people told me that, you know, I can get business ideas. I can get this. I can get that on it. So, I got on Clubhouse. I'm still on Clubhouse. I've not been active for some time now because life is quite busy for me. And I got on it. And I can see in my spirit that majority of the guys on Clubhouse are bloody liars. What they are, what bloody liars. Now, when you are so keen to make money, when you are very money conscious, when you are desperate, the spirit of the Lord is here. When you are desperate, when you want to make it at all cost, People can easily manipulate you and deceive you. Right? I wasn't desperate. I want to be, I want to be able to, you know, come out of regular nine to five, do my own business and do stuff. And I wanted to learn. I was open to learning. But when I go into some church rooms, I can tell by the spirit of the Lord that majority on that on, on that on those platforms have an agenda. They are self-centered, they are selfish, they want to profit. I can just speak all of these things because when some people make some statements, I want to verify it. I want to check. I go on their profile. Oh no, I look, I look, I look for them outside of clubhouse and I, and I see a lot of mismatches. They'll say, I've done millions of this, I've done millions of that. But someone like me was, well, because I've been in business for some time, right? And because I know my stuff to a very much, a very much extent. So when somebody is, and I listen, I try to be a good listener. So when somebody starts from A and all of a sudden they, they land in, all, okay, they start from A and the next minute they're in J and they say, and they say X, Y, Z, it makes no sense. So where's B, where's C, where's D, where's E, where's F, right? So if you listen carefully to people, you may be able to pick or to discern that somebody is lying. So I got on Clubhouse and by the spirit, I, fig I figured out that these guys are bloody liars. To the majority of them, the way they talk, the way they, you know, if you listen carefully, you know they are trying to cough money out of your pocket. Not all of them, but majority. And I say with all confidence, I don't know how things have changed now on Clubhouse. But when I was on Clubhouse, when I was active on it, majority, when it comes to finance and business, may I say with all confidence, anybody can attack me, but majority were liars and i know somebody who's on clubhouse as well i know what they're doing in their personal life i know i under i know their skill set i know what they can do but if you look at their profile on clubhouse expert consultant leadership coach i was like you you that does not even understand with all due respect the basic principles of leadership basic principles of consistency basic principles of customer service because i've dealt with quite a number of people that i see their profile on clubhouse and it saddened my heart that people are all out there to lie to gain something. 
right? So what am I trying to say? The fact that somebody says something is true does not mean it is true. So you need to verify the source of whatever fact or information you hear. Because most of, most of the time when you are watching movies, what's actually happening is someone is speaking to you. They want you to believe something that they believe. So the question is, when you are watching movies, to ask yourself, who is speaking? What do they want me to know? What objective do they want to achieve in my mind? Because people don't just shoot movies for, for no reason. Most of, the, most of them are commercially driven, right? So they, to a very much extent, if they know that the society is looking for things, the society have problems with lust, you know, and the fornication and things like that, they will feed you with more. It's sad that in movies that are uh, PG, PG-rated, Britain Guardians, I, I believe, and movies that are safe or family-friendly, they get very poor rating. And movies that are violent, that are uh, movies that are violent, movies that are, that are full of nudity and sexual immorality get a lot of uh, viewing. And the sad thing is that many of the people who are rating these movies to be good and fantastic, many of them are Christians. So that's what I'm asking. Who is the authority of, the, of what you believe, what you subscribe to? Amen. So the fact that something seems to appear real on the internet or on the movies does not mean it is true. You know, you, you may have come across this and, and teenagers may have known this and I, I can see a lot of practice of this among teenagers and, you know, it also affected me when I was growing up. So the practice is this. You meet a girl, there's a guy, or you or a guy meets a girl. After the first date, there's some principles of dating. Then you have your first kiss. Do you know? Should I? Can I be? You know, I, I'm trying, as you can tell this morning. I'm trying to be very, very calm, right? Yeah, because I realized that there's some things I can I say. You know, when I hear some of my uh, English friends make use certain words, people don't take offense. But the way I because the way I say it's, saying those same words with passion, you tend to get some people offended. So I'm trying to be calm so that I can say the same thing, but not with so much passion so that you don't think I'm aggressive. Right? So pray for me. It's a new journey for me. <clears throat> Next week, I might be up, up the roof again. Right? So, so it's insanity, right? <laughs> for you to meet someone. You know how I've said insanity, right? Okay, so let me try to say it nicely. My wife is feeling for me this morning. So it's insanity. It doesn't just make sense. I think I speak for it that way. <laughs> but I'm struggling. I would like to really say the way I would like to say it. But, okay, but for the sake of the audience, right? So, so it just doesn't make sense when you meet someone for the first time, maybe on the internet. You guys went out on a date. And after the date, because it seems to tick some of the physical and this physiological box, then you have your first kiss. And many people take it to the next level. And after a while, they don't see the person anymore. They call it ghosting. The person's ghosting you. Hmm. Or if people find themselves emotionally entangled and, and bound to the person, and they are, they are thinking, how did I get myself here? I don't, I don't want to focus on the consequences. But I want to focus on what are we thinking? A person you have never met. A person you don't know. You don't know what's, what kingdom they belong to. Is it because they mention God and they quote a few verses of the Bible, you think they are spiritual? No. 
Satan, the Bible says that even demons, devils, know God exists and they tremble. Have you forgotten that even Satan quoted scriptures to Jesus? So because, because a person comes to church and they quote scriptures, they ask you out on a date and you go out and you get started doing stuff. He says he's a Christian. You are not thinking correctly. So because that guy looks or the girl looks like a Christian or sounds like a Christian does not mean he or she is one. Or does not mean that he or she is a believer or a follower of Christ. I've said all of that under one sentence. The fact that something is stated to be true does not mean it is true. So that's on the relationship side of things. The medical side of things, I've tried to you know, explain a few things there. You go on the internet and you just go and take one information and apply it to your life because somebody is trying to sell you a product and you don't go, to, you don't go and verify from authorities in those fields. You waste your money and you just harm yourself. Amen. So there are a lot of uh, examples on my mind. Can I, let, let me try to cover more. You know, there's something about sexual orientation. The world tells us that if you feel something for someone of the same sex, then you are gay. That's a bloody lie. I repeat, when the world and the LGBT community tell you that because you feel something for someone of the same sex, that makes you a gay or a lesbian or bisexual, is a bloody lie. You know, I read in the book of, um, is it, uh, is it for Samuel 18? I can't remember now. The Bible says that Jonathan, the son of David, sorry, Jonathan, the son of King Saul, loved David as his own soul, loved David as his own self. Now, when you passionately love someone, care about someone, that you fight for them, someone of the same sex, the world we live in today will tell you that, you know, it seems like you have something for them. You may want to check yourself because you may want to explore because the way you like this person and you fight for them, it might be that you are bisexual or gay. It's a bloody lie. The way the world is going, the world is making us not to... They're really, really messing up strong relationships that men and men can have and women and women can have. Before a lot of this... Um, LGBT campaign and all this advertisement and all of things are going on, right? I believe that many ladies and women had very passionate relationship with each other until they started suggesting to them that you guys might be this. So people who never thought sexual, anything sexual about their relationship with someone they like so much are now beginning to think about it because the media, the movies, the messages on the internet, advertisement, billboards, I've communicated some, I've dropped a seed in your heart. I've communicated something beyond that may be happening. And they, have, they are suggesting and encouraging you to practice it, to think about it. So what you have not been thinking of for the past 15, 13 years, but because the messages are increasing around us today, people are now beginning to think it. And now people are now conscious of how they relate with people of the same, of the same sex because of these messages going around. I've been speaking to teenagers and they've been telling me stuff like, you know, that we are confused about identity. Teenagers will tell you that I was never bisexual, I was never gay. But 
my school is making the school authorities making it look so normal that I'm now beginning to think in that direction. But there's so much depression and anxiety. I was speaking to I was speaking to two women, elderly women, this week, and they and they are saying that they are shocked at the the magnitude of depression, anxiety, and mental health issues going on among teenagers. So, parents, I want to ask you a question: Was your child watching? And I know one of my friends, I know, I know something about their son. And a question came to my mind last night to say, would you allow your son to do this? I said, never, not under my roof. It may sound cool, it may look cool. It's not sinful, but I said, not under my roof. You know why I have issues with rib jeans? I don't have a problem with the fabric itself or the style. But the mind behind it, the mindset behind it, the thinking behind it. And it might take 20 years for people to get to what I'm talking about. And it may sound like, guy, you, are you trying to make yourself big? I know what I'm talking about. I've been on this journey for the past 20 years. So I think I'm, about, I'm, I'm ahead of, I'm 20 years ahead of a lot of people when it comes to following trends and fashion. Amen. Who is the authority? Who is the authority figure behind what you believe? What you believe as true? Is that the truth? Can you question yourself today? Can you write a list of the things going on in your life and ask yourself, this matter, is this the truth? Is this the reality? So, by God's grace, I've been able to help a few people come out of so-called bisexual or gay thing by helping them go back to the very beginning of when they they started feeling those things. I want, to, I want to pack that area and then we walk them, you know. This is not laying hands on people, anointing, exorcism. No, not all those nonsense, nonsense. I want to say to you, if you are struggling with same-sex attraction, right, or you call yourself gay or you call yourself bisexual, now, as a believer, in your heart, in your heart, in your spirit, is that the truth? The Holy Spirit inside of you, the Spirit of God on the inside of you, right? Lay aside your emotions and the facts and the information and the figures that you, you have. Put them aside for now and check with yourself deep down there. Does the Holy Spirit inside of you confirm that this is your identity? Deep, deep down. I'm not talking about in the midst of the voices that heavily surround you. Deep, deep down. If with respect, with regards to everything else that you do, if with no with respect to everything else you do, how you deal with people, how you go out, how you do all, how you do all of parties, all kind of stuff. If something in you still tells you, and it will continue to tell you that this is not your true self, if you are not finding full fulfillment and satisfaction in it, if your joy is not complete, if there's still a miserableness in you, permit my grammar, then you are not what you think you are. Whether you think you're gay, you're black, you're not. Because as believers, we, we are not our emotions, we are not our feelings. Feelings and emotions can become so strong and our reality, you know, after a prolonged time of feeding or reinforcing them. So if a person today thinks that they are something else, right, and they feed on that information, they indulge in that emotion, they listen to so many messages about it, they think, they imagine in it, in a couple of months or in a few months down the line, that will become their reality. 
But if they will for a second or for a minute or for two hours, so to say, to lay that reality aside and listen to the reality of that brings peace and joy in their heart, they will know that that's not the reality. That's not truth. Amen? So there's more I would like to share, but let's move on. Marital issues. Some people think that they need another wife because their wife does not, or their spouse, they need another spouse because their spouse at the moment does not take, they, they, don't, they no longer feel in love. It is sadness and insanity, right, for us to think love is feelings or emotions. Men and women, can I tell you something? Okay. The fact that you're married does not mean that you don't have chemistry for somebody else along your marriage journey. And that's why we don't build a marriage or life-changing relationships on chemistry. You know, you can go to the golf course and find, as a guy, you can go to the golf course and find a lady who has, who likes to, who can smash golf like you do. You know, she has a face cap, the way she dresses, the white, the white polo shared by maybe by one of these designers, a nice pant, you know, her kit is just amazing. And she just talks the way you like, you know, she talks, she talks golf the way you like golf. You know, do you know what will come to your mind? God, where has this lady been? I'm not saying all the time, but most people have confessed and say, you know what? When I saw that lady, it was like, this is the woman I've been looking for. She likes what I... Man of God, don't be fooled. She may be able to talk golf the way you talk golf, but she may not be able to do life the way you do life. She may not be able to live quality of life. You don't even know the dirty, dark side of her life. The, the spot, the moment that you see is what... You are going by. But do you know what the world will say? If you don't feel in love anymore, maybe you should um, you should call it quits. You should. The marriage is not working anymore. Because the world we live in today is, is enthroning emotions above reality. They say, you know, and you, if you find, friends will tell you, and the lady may like you so much. Guys, I'm speaking for personal experience and experience with people kind of thing because before I got married I've been to places where the moment I see the lady right we just seem to just gel just connect but I'm the kind of person I'm going to listen I'm going to watch I got married by the grace of God because the moment I see something big and huge about a woman that is not right I just forget about it but did we connect did we have chemistry yes we did but all of this mess would I live with them nah and I'm not saying I'm perfect I'm not perfect Right, so that's why someone like me have to depend on God to guide me to in finding a woman, and not just what I see out there that look fantastic, because the fact that it looks fantastic in one area doesn't mean the backside or maybe the other side of things are very dirty. For me, marriage is about who can I do life with, who can I live with. You know, I'm not the poshest. My wife is not the poshest, so I'm not exposing us. But if any woman is posher than my wife, I don't think I will be able to relate with them, because when you come to the back end of the things. How myself and Jolomi hacks in the house is just crazy sometimes. <laughs> we are posh, yeah, we are posh, but when um, she's confessed, yeah, she says we are not. I get to me. If a woman is posher than Jolomi, I can't. You know, there's some women that, you know, you can't even, oh Lord, just help me. I, 
okay, okay, okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep marriage safe this morning. I get to me. So you then go out on a particular day and meet this lady who seems to be posher than your wife, have everything. She can be one of the most deadliest picky, picky people on earth that will condemn everything you do to a point whereby you do not see anything good about yourself. Another point. So people will say things like, uh, the world will say things like, because you come from a, from a dysfunctional home, right, that's the reason why you are miserable. That's the reason why you are, you are this. That's the reason why you, uh, you, 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 you fight. You tend to commit, you know, some people committed murder and they said it was because they came from a broken home. Now, broken home and dysfunctional homes do affect people's upbringing and how they, and they, are, how they see the world and their disposition towards life. However, it's not the ultimate reason, um, ultimate reason that determines what, what people become or who people become or how people turn out. Okay, so I'll put it this way. So, dysfunctional families and homes do affect people's upbringing, but it is not the reason, it's not the, it's not the major cause. Or I'm thinking of how best to put this for you guys. But it's, okay, let me put it in my, own, in my personal terms, then personalize it. So, I come from a, from a dis, dysfunctional home. I come from a broken home, right? And um, I could, on, on that premise, you know, get dysfunctional in my marriage, <clears throat> And, get, and excuse my dysfunctionality and my misbehavior on the fact that I came from a broken home. But I refuse to go that way. I choose to be the opposite of my father in respect to how he violates my mom, beat my mom up, and abuse the home. So do I come from a, from a dysfunctional home? Yes, I am. Yes, I did. So I came from a dysfunctional home. But that is not my destiny. That is not my future. That is not my life. It's my past, not my future. So I'm trying to open our eyes bit by bit to see the sources and the root of the lies. So the lies that are affecting you right now might not be specifically these examples. But the question still comes down to who is the authority backing your belief system? Those things you believe. Friends, we must learn to ask questions. There's something that was been given yesterday that has been reminding me not to forget. We're out of time. I'm going to shut that now. And this has to do with sex. So everybody be able to be, you know, pay, pay careful attention to this. You know, most of the other activity that we engage ourselves in, we might be able to predict the outcome. But one thing that people were showing me last night, on Friday night, I think. But sex is the one, sex is the one that you do not know what will happen to you by the time you commit it. Sex outside marriage, you don't have a clue of what will become of your soul by the time you are done. So sex is not just an act of pleasure, right? It is a mingling of souls. Have you seen people miserable? Why do you think people are miserable? Why do you think people are depressed? Something is not right with their soul. We are not our looks. We are not our body. We are a spirit who have a soul and our life is driven by the condition of our soul, how we feel, our emotions, you know, what we want to do, something pushing us, what we choose to do and how we think, our perspective, our mindset. The world makes sex look so pleasurable, glamorous and like that's all there is. But I can tell you 
majority of the psychological, emotional, mental problems that people are dealing with today came as a result of a sexual interaction they have with someone outside of marriage. So when the Bible says flee sexual immorality, it knows what it's telling you. Bible may not have all the terms, all the you know, all the space, so to say, to explain to you the the bloody consequence of sexual immorality. You know, I have person, I have examples and examples, real life examples of people that sex just one night stand or one casual sex with someone took nearly fifteen years out of their life, and I have examples. Have you realized that women sometimes, or ladies? find it difficult to pull out of destructive and harmful relationships because they've had a sexual interaction with that person. So we need to guard our minds. We need to guard ourselves. We need to protect ourselves. We need to really, really, really protect our minds. Amen. I probably shared that more of that one on social media at some point. Amen. Guys, I'm going to, I'd like to pack here. There's more. I'm just on one point. On my note here, I, I'm just going to go with the Lord in this journey because I believe God wants to expose truth and that God has been working in my heart, working in my life and He wants to work in your life too. God wants people free. I guess, and I'm not holding anything back and that's why I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not teaching with excitement like I would do because I want you guys to get the gist. People must be free. We live in a world and society whereby people are no longer encouraged to think for themselves, to think, Right? People are no longer thinking. People are doing what we call group thinking. If the other person is doing it, then I can do it. If the other person says it's right, then I can do it. People are not thinking. People are not thinking and people are falling into problems. People are coming out of one problem and falling into another one because people are not thinking. People are grossly engaged with social media and a lot of personal effects and they are not focusing on the quality of life they should live. And other religions are giving them options of, you know, deep breathing, breathing to yourself, looking to yourself, you know, still making people to focus on the wrong thing as opposed to what will heal them. I know, and when I say what will heal them, on Christ, on the power that we have in Christ Jesus to heal them. I know many of us, are, we're practicing many of these things before we came to Christ, but God wants you to know the truth so that you can transition in walking in the truth so that you can see the freedom that he has given to you in Christ Jesus. All right, guys, thank you so much uh, for being in service this morning. I hope that has blessed you. I look forward to your feedback.